My fingers go to Zima. They hit the line locked together. Steady. And Panacato won the slipper. Kingston Town can't win. Bone Crusher traces into equine immortality. Here comes Let's Elope. But it's the Grace Cup. Sub-Zero holding Viander across at bay. Oh, nothing between them. Doremus or might and power in a close go. The crowd roaring. Go, Lonro, go. But a champion becomes a legend. But it is all about black caviar. But this is a blitz. It's a weak blitz. Hello and welcome to the Ladbrokes Backer Winner Podcast. I'm Glenn McFarlane. Alongside me, we have News Corp's National Racing Editor, Stephen Brazel, and Ladbrokes Resident Rain Man, Tom Hackett. Guys, you are absolutely flying, both of you. Able to tip personal at great odds in the uh, very good odds to beat the uh, odds on pop in the in the Oaks, boys. You must be cashed up. It's been a pretty good carnival, let's, let's put it <laughs> that way. But um, I know I just had my doubts about Montefiolia actually staying, running the 2,500. And the, and the point that I made the other day, what was her grand final? Uh, she was up to win a flight stakes and then she backed up a week later to win the champion stakes. And uh, and after that race, it was indicated that she probably wasn't going to Melbourne for the Oaks and then they've turned around and decided to go to the Oaks. So very hard to peak three times. She's an outstanding filly and um, the query for mine is, was she just too brilliant for 2,500 metres? I think she was ridden a bit too close. Uh, all the same, I, I thought she was very brave, but uh, just outstayed at the end of the day. I, d- I just don't think that's her, that's her distance. I think 2,000 metres is her distance. Yeah, I think it was a race that didn't really pan out how I thought it would. Obviously, it was good to get the result with personal, but I thought it would be personal that was right up there on the speed and Hugh Bowman would have uh, been settled Montefiore in the middle of the field and given her the last crack at them, and it sort of uh, was flipped on its head. But it was a great ride from Ollie. He always delivers in these big races, and I think that uh, may have paid the difference in the end. But personal was a good state performance. I think she deserved that win. Personal, she's been a really good filly from from two, and hadn't got that big win on the board. But she, so I think she really deserved that win in the Kennedy Oaks. And and Braz with Coolmore, that obviously had a, an up and down carnival in the sense of uh, Anthony Van Dyke and and finishing second. So the Australia leg to have personal winning at Oaks is uh, is quite good. And the, the Hayes Hayes Dabernick is no longer. It's the Hayes Dabernick, and it's great to see them uh, doing so well over the Flemington Carnival so far. It was great for young Ben Hayes uh, mm. to have his first Group 1 winner and uh, it was interesting looking at the scenes afterwards <laughs> where, they, <laughs> hang on, do we shake hands, do we do we high five, do we elbow? Or and Gary Finnessy gave him the, uh, the shove, he didn't give him one <laughs> yeah, back, yes. Gary Finnessy. Um, yeah, it's, it's been quite bizarre I suppose to, to look at it all and uh, even going back to Dennis Pagan, I saw some vision from the inside <laughs> of the track the other day. Uh, that showed Dennis Pagan sitting up there with Troy Corsons yep. and, and some others. I think there was five of Sabazan them there. was up there as well. Yeah, and in the group, they, but there was nobody else. There was no, no, nobody within 50 metres of them. So, Except uh, for the camera, and they got the $1,000 fine, both Saab and, uh, and Troy Corsons as well, for, for the for the embrace. Of course, the fun police have got to step in somewhere <laughs> along the line, even though all we all we see at the moment in Melbourne is zero, 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 zero. Exactly, zeros everywhere. Tom, you, the, the, the good people at Ladbrokes must be smiling too. You were able to get Montefilia beaten but also Donald Trump looked like he might be headed back to reality TV rather than uh, the presidency. Uh, that must have been a good result for Ladbrokes. Yeah, it was. There was definitely a few nervous moments here in here on Wednesday when Trump got into assurance at $1.20. Uh, it's, it's been incredible the amount of money we've seen in this election market. 85% of the money has been for Trump, and it was all big bets as well. We've never really seen anything like it. We've held more on the election than we did on the single book for the Melbourne Cup, which is something I never thought I'd say. But <laughs> it looks as though the results that are going to go in our favour, which is good. So we'll be able to keep the lights on for another week here. <laughs> 
it's a it's good to hear. I think in that regard. Anyway, boys, it's three quarter time of the Flemington Carnival, and you two are like Richmond, and I'm feeling a little bit like Geelong. But uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll cut to the chase and get through the big four races at Flemington on the last day. You're listening to the Ladbrokes Backer Winner Podcast with Stephen Brazel, Tom Hackett, and myself, Glenn McFarlane. Back with our Stakes Day preview in just a moment. This spring, Ladbrokes is changing the way you multi, putting the power in your hands and giving you more chances to win. With the new split and blended features, load up your multi legs with runners from the same race, and if any of them get up, you win. Select a blended leg and get combined odds for any of your picks to win. Or choose a split leg and divide your stake evenly across each runner. Blended and split legs can also be combined with other blended legs, split legs, same game multis and other racing markets. So forget about creating multiple multis or having to make the decision of which runners to leave out. Get all of the racing multi combinations you want done in one. Ladbrokes, back yourself. Blended leg minimum price must be $1.10. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We've got the big four to come on the last day, stakes day at Flemington. We can't wait. And boys, uh, Braz, we'll start with the group two Queen Elizabeth stakes. Are we looking towards the Geelong Cup form here or the Bendigo Cup form with Pondus? I'm going with a Bendigo Cup form. This this was my one good go for the week. I'm just dirty. I didn't take the four dollars mm. that they put up uh, all in early in the week with Pondus. Uh, now we're looking at about a two dollar seventy, two dollar sixty chance. But uh, I just thought his run at Bendigo was enormous. I was on him there. He was knocked over early in the race. Um, struck a bit of trouble when uh, when one of the horses went amiss and uh, he got run off the track. He probably lost three lengths or so and he was beaten narrowly. Just charged through the line. Had 59 kilos on that occasion. He just drops down marginally to 58 and a half. The wide expanses of Flemington's going to suit him. Gets out to 2,600 metres from the 2,400 metres there. Um, I just think he wins. I'm really, really confident about his chances here, Pondus. Only thing that will beat him is bad luck. And uh, he's got Ollie in the uh, in the saddle, so um, I'm saying that he'll um, uh, Ollie will negate that and we won't have any bad luck and he'll be winning. So Pondus, uh, he's actually my best bet of the day. Mm, very good, like that. I'm against Brass here. I'm with the Geelong Cup form with Ladon de V. Finished uh, a really good second behind Steel Prince in that Geelong Cup and he... We've already seen the format of the Geelong Cup uh, stack up pretty nicely. Ashran came out and won the uh, the Hotham Handicap on Victoria Derby Day and then ran pretty well in the Melbourne Cup. And I think Ladon Le- V will take good improvement from that Australian racing debut as well. Its form in Europe is pretty good. It's uh, not at the elite level like some of the horses we saw in the Melbourne Cup, but it's definitely been good, good enough to beat the other local stays in this race. I've got plenty of respect for Pondus, and it's been really well backed with Ladbrokes putters now into $2.60. It's been a pretty good go, so... I'm confident one of those two horses will, will win this race, but I'm happy to be on the Don V at the current price to beat Pondus. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Pondus just purely because uh, I was on last time and it was a huge run. I drew the car park, and but it is. I think there's a, probably a good bet on the on the Quinella in that particular race, one and two, on what looks like a really hard card. So, boys, we then uh, take a breather and take a, a look at the race six, the Daly Sprint Classic, the 1,200-metre race at 3.55. Bivouac to start the favourite, Tom. Has there been good early money for the Everest runner 
up? Yeah, a little bit of money around for Bivouac, but he certainly hasn't been an overwhelmingly back favourite. He's a three dollar seventy favourite at the moment. We're actually holding more on Nature Strip at four dollars. Punters are being a very forgiving bunch with Nature Strip. Nature Strip this spring, they've come for him again into four dollars. There's been a bit of money for Libertini as well. She's been seven fifty into six dollars fifty, but he's always been one of my horses, Bivouac, and I think he's really well placed here to claim a third Group 1 victory. His run in the in the Everest was really impressive. He came from the back of the field. was no match for Classique Legend, but it was still a really good run in its own right, and there's no Classique Legend in this field either. His record down the straight is actually really good. He finished second behind Exceedance in the Coolmore Stud Stakes uh, in the spring last year. Probably beats him if the track isn't wet that day. And then his win in the Newmarket Handicap in the autumn was just enormous. He was absolutely dominant that day. He's certainly not the most consistent sprinter in the world, but I think on his day, he's, uh, he is capable of that really high rating effort. And I was really taken with what he did in the Everest. I'm still a little bit concerned about Nature Strip. I don't think he, like, I think his run in the, uh, in the Everest was quite good because they went a bit mad on Eduardo and that sort of took him right out of the race. But if you go back and watch his replay of his win in this race last year, Nature Strip, it was probably, to me, it was probably the most impressive win of the entire carnival. So, I do think he's the main danger, but I'm happy to be on Bivouac here to claim another Group 1 win. Certainly Bivouac's going to be hard to beat in the race. Um, I'm going to go with Libertini. I'm uh, Just banking on the track being good, though, that's the key, the key factor with her is she does need a, uh, a firm track. So we just need to keep an eye on the weather over the next uh, 48 hours or 24 hours, however long we've got till we get to the race. But um, she was outstanding when winning the Premier Stakes, and I was on her in the Everest. Unfortunately, I was on her at the 100 to 1, and she started $6. So... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, the, the ticket ends up confetti. It's as simple as that. But um, uh, no, I think she's a very, very good mare. And uh, and if we can get that good track, previously she was five out of five on good tracks. Uh, and then she went around in the Everest and was obviously beaten there. So I'm going to give her another chance. I'll be on Libertini. I just see that she can just settle back off the speed a little bit and hit the line really strongly. Uh, Bivouac, the obvious danger for mine. Um, he was great the other day in the Everest. And as you say, Tom, you, you go back to his win in the Newmark and it was absolutely it's outstanding huge. down the straight. Uh, he finished the length and a half in front of Libertini in the Coolmore. So uh, you can draw a bit of a form line there. I, I just think she's come back really well, Libertini. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm forgiving and putting her in front of Bivouac, but I think they're, they're the two for mine. Um, I'm including Santa Ana Lane. You go back and have a look at his run in the Everest, and it was absolutely outstanding. His sectionals uh, would just blow you away when you have a look at those. He's a horse who has performed well down the straight, but he actually ran between the 1,000 metres and the 200 metres in the Everest. He ran 43.46. So you, you think about those numbers. He's broken 11 for four consecutive furlongs there. and. Uh, and he's, mm. Well, he still ran the fastest last 200 metres of the race in, in 11.5, so he was too far off them. He had no chance, but um, he's gone from uh, the 1,000 metres, from the 1,000 metres, um, he's gone 49, 49 uh, hang on, sorry, 54.96. He's gone from the 1,000 metres to the finish. Now, the 1,000 metres record at Randwick from a standing starts 55.7, so he's run nearly a second or six lengths faster. Uh, probably five lengths, uh, just quick calculation in my head, five and a half lengths faster. Um, obviously, you know, he, he was, the, the race was up and running at that time, but he ran some fantastic sectionals in that race. So I'm respecting Santa Ana Lane and um, I'm giving him a great chance around about the $10. And I'm going to throw one in, I'm, it's a bit of a dart throw here, but I'm including Graf. 
mm. at, uh, around about the $20 mark. He had his first run the other day for Denny O'Brien. We've always known that he's got great ability of this horse, but he just uh, he, he lost direction for a long time. He came back the other day in the Caulfield Sprint, was most impressive hitting the line strongly there to win. This is much harder. It's underweight for age conditions, but he is trained at the track. Uh, you know, Denny O'Brien's got him going right, and uh, who knows with this horse. Round about the $20, I think he's worth a, a little gamble. So have a couple of bucks on him, but I've got Libertini on top. Yeah, I, I, I like Bivouac here. I'm a bit like you, Tom. I've been with Bivouac all the way through, and you ro- probably just can't jump off now. He's had two starts down the straight, and they've been fantastic efforts, uh, obviously, that second to exceedance in the Coolmore. When I do think if it didn't rain, maybe it might have been the other way. I'm still talking through my pocket on that one. And then, as Braz said, the new market performance was absolutely outstanding. And he won by two and a half lengths, and uh, I, I'm with Bivouac in this particular race. I, th- I do give a lot of, um, uh, you know, obviously with you, Braz, with Libertini, I, I think Libertini's a huge chance here. I don't know what to make of Nature Strip. Um, the money there always concerns you. I'm just not sure what to make of it, and I'll probably have a little saver as well because I almost part-own uh, Tafane as well, so I'll probably have a little nibble there as well. Had no luck in the Everest and just completely forget that the horse went around. So, boys, uh, tough race now. This is the Dart race, one of the big dart races of the uh, of the day. Race seven, the Matriarch, uh, over two thousand meters. Braz, this is a very very tough race. You could have five selections here and miss out. But is it right that you've got a bit of a feel for one in this race? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, um, I don't need five five selections. Just I'm take just, the one. I'm just having one. This will do me. Oh, I like this. Number three, Varna Girl. Mm. Uh, I thought her run in the Empire Rose was outstanding. The, uh, on, on Saturday, she. Was a long way back, just uh, couldn't get into the race. But you have a look at her last 200 metres. She just charged through the line there. Uh, she's a very, very smart mare. You have a look at her record. She's had 14 starts. She's won seven of those and been placed on another three occasions. And and uh, four of those losses have come at her, her last four starts. And, um, you know, I, I just think that the way the race is going to be run, she's drawn barrier five. My expectation is that she'll go forward and I don't think she'll park all that far away from the good gate. So I can see her probably sitting sixth or seventh, and uh, all Huey's got to do is just get out into the clear, and uh, away we go, and then straight into the queue. <laughs> Gee, that sounds very confident, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, that's outstanding confidence from Brass, and I think he's uh, not wrong here. I think Bunny Girl is right in the mix. So 6.650s over the odds. She, even if you go back to her run in the Epson, when it, the race wasn't run to suit, she still found on the line pretty nicely there. And then uh, that run in the Craven Plate was really good as well. So definitely don't disagree with any any of that. I like In Good Health here at a bit of an each way price. It's currently $13 to win $3.80 with Lab Breaks. I think if this horse has had an, uh, an outstanding preparation, and the main trout does look like a nice race for it. It won the uh, Heatherly Stakes in really impressive fashion, never really gave her rivals a chance. And then you look at its runs in the uh, the MRC Foundation Plate and the Herbert Power Stakes. They're both really good where she's taken up the running and just sort of run out of con- uh, out of condition late. And uh, Peter Moody has said that he thinks she's not necessarily a 2,400-metres horse, but she was just able to tough it out there to get those uh, positive results. And back to 2,000 metres and back to Mayor's Company really does suit here. So... Uh, Graceful Glamour, I expect to take up the running here. I think In Good Health, Luke Nolan will sit just behind her. And uh, Moods is also of the opinion that In Good Health will be better when she's got a bunny there to chase. So uh, it's a mare that I've, I've, I've grown to develop a bit of time for. I think she'll run really well here. The interesting horse down the bottom, the favourite, is Charlotte that's coming out of the Empire Rose Stakes as well. A, a fairly uh, lightly racehorse, three wins from five starts. But it, it, it was a good run the other day in the Empire Rose Stakes. So I think it's uh, probably the market's overreacted to that run a little bit. I think she's a little bit under the odds in a race of this quality when you've got other horses like the likes of uh, Vanna Girl, like Toffee Tongue, who 
two uh, three weeks ago was getting talked about as a legitimate contender for the Caulfield Cup. So I'm happy to take on the uh, favourite here and I'll be within good health each way. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom, in taking on the favourite. Uh, this is a dartboard. I'm not as confident as Braz, but I'm certainly taking on board that. So I'll be playing around the numbers of two Toffee Tongue, three Vanna Girl. I'll throw in She's Ideal, um, that SF uh, Sydney form. Uh, you just got to keep uh, respecting and rating that. We've seen that all the way through the carnival so far. And I had that as my little sneaky chance there um, in good health uh, in the Herald Sun this morning. So I'm hoping that it can run a place at odds. But again, very tough race. Might be a big one for the quaddy. But if you're listening to Braz, maybe just take the one out. I like that. Uh, a lot of confidence there as well. Then we move, boys, to the race eight, the McKinnon Stakes, 2,000 metres. We've got the two super mares in here, Tom. Are you with the super mares or are you looking elsewhere? I'm looking elsewhere here. I think it's a really good addition in the McKinnon Stakes. We've got a lot of different form lines clashing up, which I think is ideal. I think they've, they've made the right decision moving the McKinnon Stakes to the uh, the last day of the Melbourne Cup Carnival because now we get the Ludbrox Cox played horses. We get horses coming out of the Empire Rose, coming out of the Cantillar as well, and it sets up a, a really mm. interesting race here. Uh, Katie Queen is the favourite. She's been really well back with Ludbrox, 3.80 into $3.10. And I've got plenty of respect for her. And same with Melody Bell, who's been $5 into $4.60. But the horse I like here at a bit of a price at $10 at the moment is 50 stars. Uh, it's run last start in the uh, Kennedy Cantilar was really good. And the fact, the thing I like about it is that this race has been a target all along for the Dabernick and Ben Hayes team. I think it's the only horse in this race that's been set for the McKinnon Stakes. While this is clearly an afterthought for Arcadia Queen, Melody Bell, they were if umming and ahhing about whether they were, they'd come over for this race. Margaret has been up for what feels like an eternity. Well, <laughs> 50 stars has been aimed at this race. He won the Australian Cup over this track and distance in the autumn, and he was a, went to a new level in the autumn when he was really impressive. I think he's primed to run well in this race fourth up, and I think it's $10 well and truly over the odds. Uh, Arcadia Queen, I've got plenty of respect for. Her best form is the best form in this race, and uh, if she brings her best, she'll be right in the mix. Be interesting to see how Mungatu backs up from that tough as run in the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. He was... Caught wide, just kept on finding, but he has been a drifter with Ladbrokes four fifty out to five dollars fifty. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mister Quickie produce an improved performance at twelve dollars. He's a bit of a rocks or diamonds horse in the moment, uh, Mister Quickie. And he was pretty poor last week in the Cantlar, but his win before that in the Turak was uh, impressive. And connections have indicated that they'll look to go forward from Barrier Three with Luke Nolan in the saddle. And if you go through his his career, most of his good runs have come when he's sort of settled on the speed. So. I expect to see an improved effort from Mr. Quickie, but I'm quite keen on 50 stars at the $10. Yeah, I'm quite keen on uh, Arcadia Queen. The, the Under one proviso, though, I think we need to have a firm track. We need to have a good track at least. Uh, you have a look back through her form. She's had 11 starts on good tracks. She's won seven of those and been in the placings on another couple of occasions. And when she um, she, she went around in the Underwood on a soft track and, and finished third there behind Russian Camelot and... Then she got to a good track in the Caulfield Stakes and she absolutely blew him away. I thought her run in the Cox Plate was absolutely outstanding. Um, she nearly nearly fell at one stage and she was still hitting the line very strongly over the last little bit. Um, I can just see the way the race is going to be run, uh, we just uh, expect that you know, Shout the Bar is going to go to the front and just roll them along. I don't think they're going to go that quickly in the race. I think Arcadia Queen's got too quick, um, uh, too much turn of foot for these and... Uh, Provided Luke Curry, who's having his first experience on the mare, provided he can just get her into clear air from the home turn, I think she'll just have too much acceleration. So I've got her on top. Arcadia Queen, um, Melody Bell, I've got great respect for her. If the track was to be 
rain affected and uh, and who knows here with Melbourne. I mean, as I say, we've got a good four at the moment, but if the sting does come out of it, well, Melody Bell certainly enhances her, her chances. I mean, she, she's won 11 races on soft tracks and uh, she's got back to her best form back home and we saw what she did when she was over here last year for the spring and, uh, you know, she was very, very good when she won the, the uh, Empire Rose and then looked like she was a good thing beaten in the McKinnon Stakes, so uh, she's outstanding. Melody Bell, I think the two the two mares will fight it out. Mugger too, he was fantastic in the Cox Plate. I had a little something on him at about thirty one dollars, I think it was. Uh, thought his run was great. Uh, just don't know whether he can back up just that one more time. Uh, but he's uh, he's he's a big tough horse, and uh, and he's going to be in the mix. And I'm respecting fifty stars, but I think the mares will fight it out. Nine on top to beat number eight. Yeah, I'm with you, Braz. Uh, Arcadia Queen for me. It feels weird not seeing W Pike uh, against the name there as Arcadia Queen, but uh, William Pike obviously back into quarantine to get ready for the Perth Carnival. So Arcadia Queen for me, she's going to love getting back on a decent track. Uh, Melody Bell for second and respect for quite a few others in the race, but 50 stars as well. I think the, the stable have set the, the race, uh, set this horse for the race as well. And uh, Mugger too, you've got to probably respect him as well. Dal- and maybe a little bit of odds to, to run a drama as well. Boys, you have dominated so far with your lobster, pineapple and grey nurse tips so far. So, um, Braz, you're a little bit stiff with the scratching, but you've still been on fire. Have you? What have you locked in for your, your grey nurse, your pineapple and your lobster for this weekend, the final day of the Flemington Carnival? Yeah, well, I think it comes as no surprise that I made Pondus my grey nurse. I uh, just think you'll win, so throw that on and then just get in the queue. Uh, the pineapple, I'm going to back, uh, I'm tossing up here, I'm, I'll, I'll go with Vanna Girl, matter of fact, for the pineapple, I'll throw the pineapple on there, Yes, yeah, yeah. and um, and for the lobster, I'm going to go with Plaquette in the last, mm. the James Cummings trained uh, Plaquette, which is Huge number, run last start. Yeah, number, fi- number 15, uh, not massive odds, uh, around about the $5 mark, but uh, we pick up 100 It all adds there, up, you know. it all adds up. And if you really want to get brave, just go and have, um, what do we call a $10? That's a good one. We need to come up with a $10 yeah, one. Yeah, well, so there is one for it, but I can't remember yeah, what okay. it is. There you go. Anyway, um, uh, throw 10 bucks on all up the three of them. Me and Brass were against each other on Saturday. We've, across this podcast, we've pretty much been a lot of the whole way, but we go head-to-head on Saturday in the Queen Elizabeth because I'm having my grey nurse on Le Donde V. Uh, I think it looks really well placed in this race. and I've got plenty of respect for Pondus, but I'll, I'm more than happy to be on Le Donde V at the current price. With my pineapple, I'm sticking with 50 stars and the McKinnon Stakes link, $10 as well and truly over the odds for a horse of his quality in this race. And then in the final race of the carnival, hoping to get a bit of a result here, big odds with Maria Mia. Uh, it's a horse that's 20 to 1, last start in the Black Pearl. Didn't have much luck in running at all and before that was absolutely dominant at Mooney Valley. It's one down the straight before and I think at $20 it'll give a good sight. It's $6 to placing as well. So I'm happy to have my uh, my lobster on Maria Mir in the final race of the carnival. Hopefully we can finish with a wet sale. Well, Tom, that's going straight into the quaddy now. I've just circled that as well because uh, I had uh, not given that a lot of uh, consideration but that's going to change right now. So, boys, uh, I'm going to go my grey nurse, Bivouac. Uh, I 
I've been on Bivouac pretty much since Bivouac's first ever start. Now, I've had some good fun. I've had some heartache along the way. So, fingers crossed we can get a little bit of that. Arcadia Queen for the pineapple, just trying to get some money towards the end. And in good health in the uh, in the Matriarch Stakes, uh, I'm really hoping we can get a bit of a collect with the lobster in that regard. Boys, it's been great fun. I've really enjoyed this podcast all the way through. We've, you guys have found plenty of winners. I started okay and I've fallen apart. We've had some great guests. Willie Pike has been sensational. Craig Williams, Dennis Pagan, uh, extraordinary as well. So, boys, uh, thank you very much for your uh, – what's, what's been your number one highlight, your punting highlight of the podcast so far, Braz? Give me one. My, my punting highlight. Your best, oh, one, your best one of the um, – I'd probably have to say Sir Dragon a yes. in, the, um, in the Cox Plate. Very good. Tom? Uh, probably Ole Kirk for me in both the Golden Rose and the Caulfield Guineas. Had Beautiful. Had futures betting uh, in both those races. So, uh, no, that was uh, in two very enjoyable results for me. Uh, very good. Thanks again, guys. And thanks to everyone for listening to the Ladbrokes Backer Winner Podcast. Your feedback is always welcome. Please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts from.